0: Welcome to the African History Network Show. It's Friday, September 10th, 2021. And we're live We're broadcasting right here on 910 a.m. The Superstation, the Future Radio. And uh on uh Facebook and YouTube also. So um, as I was saying, we were uh, I was on Roland Martin Unfiltered today. And I had heard some about this story. Uh the com had an article about this. And then also uh, Yahoo News picked up this story as well. And some people remember when Megyn Kelly uh, went over to MSNBC. A lot of people m- remember Megyn Kelly on uh, Fox News, the Fox News Network. Some people remember remember her uh, comments about Santa Claus and Santa Claus is white, and th- different things like that, right? Well, She uh, made comments about the Black National Anthem that's being performed at uh, NFL games during this season. And uh, we know the NFL is trying to show more support for the Black Lives Matter movement, especially in the wake of uh, the killing of George Floyd, May 25th, 2020. And the league is continuing uh, the social justice, uh, various social justice initiatives. And the NFL previously announced that players are being allowed to kneel to protest racism and can wear the names of police brutality victims and social justice slogans on the back of their helmets. Um, And also over the over the over the summer, the NFL announced it will play the black national anthem, lift every voice and sing before each game in the 2021 season. Well, Megyn Kelly didn't like that. She has some comments. We'll play a little excerpt of that, what she said. And I'm going to go through and give Megyn Kelly a history lesson. So, we, like I said, we talked about this in Roland Martin the Filter today, but we had such a jam-packed show. Roland did not have a chance to go to his panel on this. Okay, I was on the panel. So he deconstructed it, whatever he wanted to do. And I'm going to share with you what I would have said. Uh, on his show today and I have more time because this is my show and we know that Lift Every Voice and Sing was written by James Weldon Johnson in 1899, one of my frat brothers with Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated so I'm going to give Megan a history lesson that she did not get in school and uh, it's obvious from these idiotic comments she made she does not understand history then also we know that uh this been a, this has been a tough year for Shikari Richardson. Okay. Uh tracking uh field uh, athlete Shikari Richardson. People magazine has an article about Shikari. Some other outlets picked this up also. Shikari Richardson says she's learned so much this year after Team USA suspension. Shikari Richardson says she has learned so much this year after Team USA suspension. So we'll talk about that and what she's learned uh, this year as well. We know her mother passed away uh, right before the uh, uh, Olympics, and well, right before the uh, uh, Olympic uh, or tryout for the Olympics. And we know that um, she qualified for the Olympics, but then was disqualified because she tested positive for marijuana and it violated the uh, anti-doping policy of uh uh, of the Olympics. Uh, we, we talked about that here on this show. Okay. Uh, we have session one of my online course, Ancient Kimmit the Moors, and the. Mo- well, uh, um, session one of uh, From the Civil Rights Movement, to, From the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement of Black Power, 1865 to 1968. We have uh, session one starting up on Saturday, September 11th. And. Uh, that's going to be 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You can register for that 10 week online course. And uh, we'll talk some uh, about the content of that course on today's show as well. All right, we do the class live. All the sessions are recorded. You can go back and watch it anytime. And uh, we have a disc- we It's regularly $130. We have it discounted to $70 until September 11th. So visit AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Now, on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world, because right now it's correct wrong behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you can control the circumference of his or her actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. Now, we deal with a number of different topics here on the African History Network show. We deal with current events in history, politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word KEMET to 22828. To sign up for our email newsletter, text the word KEMET, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828. The sign up for our email newsletter, also visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, sign up for our email newsletter there as well. Okay, um, I'm going to jump right into this topic here, and I'll also let you know uh, where I will be speaking on Saturday, September 18th and also Saturday, I think it's Saturday, September 26th for the screening of the documentary, Hot All right, so Megyn Kelly used to be on Fox News. Then they moved her over to MSNBC because they wanted to capitalize on, uh, you know, Trump became president by way of the Electoral College and MSNBC wanted to tap into uh, some of those, uh, conservative, um, uh, the, the tap into some of the conservative market that Fox news has. So they brought Megan Kelly over to, uh, MSNBC. And remember, uh, well, no, sorry. They brought over to NBC, 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 MSNBC, both owned by the same people company. And remember that, um, uh, it caused, a, it caused a, a big stir when it happened. Um, and she didn't last long on uh, NBC, okay? She had a daytime show uh, on, uh, on NBC. Well, she has a podcast now. And on her podcast, she talked about uh, the new NFL season that's taking place. Uh, TheGrio.com has this story. It's picked up by Yahoo News. Also, Mediate, uh has a story about this as well. Uh, Megan Kelly slams Black National Anthem and rant against NFL. Megan Kelly slams Black National Anthem and rant against NFL. And then also, if we look at the uh, story here from uh, Mediite, the name of that story, let me pull this up here. Megan Kelly rips NFL for shoving race-based, these are her words, race race quote unquote race based messaging on fans. She said average Americans don't want the black national anthem. She she was saying they don't want the black national anthem. She doesn't think average fans want the black national anthem sung before the white national anthem. Oh, I'm sorry the Star-Spangled Banner. You know, I call it the white national anthem because it was written by a white supremacist, Francis Scott Key. All right, so we're going to give Megyn Kelly the history lesson she never got in school. So let's look at what uh, Megan said. And and, and Megyn Kelly reminds me of a white Candace Owens. I'm sorry, she just does, just listening to her. She reminds me of a white Candace Owens. Well, if we look at this piece here from uh, Yahoo, in uh, the grill. Um, this is from September 8th. Thursday, September 8th. And Megan Kelly said I don't think people want politics in their sports. Make a note of that. I don't I don't think people want politics in their sports, said the conservative journalist during a recent episode of her series XM podcast. Megan Kelly lashed out at the NFL for addressing racial injustice issues, racial injustice issues. Now she doesn't. She she didn't say because I listened to the excerpt of a little podcast and say that the NFL is about seventy percent at least African American. She ain't, she didn't talk about that. But anyway, she said I don't think people want politics in their sports. I think that's why the NBA has taken such a hit and learned from its prior experience. Uh, the conservative journalist began, as reported by Mediaite, the NFL uh, doesn't seem to be learning quite as quickly, she said. Now, I, I want to go to this clip from Roland Martin of Filter, because Roland played a clip uh, of a show, and clip is about 10 seconds more than what I can tolerate of Megan. But anyway, it. Let, uh, let's go to uh, uh, clip one here. This is from uh, Roland Martin of Filter today. Uh, they're just hot and bothered as a result of that song. And so, on her show the other day, she just said, "This is just this is just wrong."
1: I don't think that the average American, black or white, wants to hear the black national anthem before they hear the, the national anthem. I really don't. And it's, no, and it's no offense against people of color. It's we're one country. We're one country. We don't need separate anthems. It's a, it's a chance to come together, celebrate America, all of it good bad warts and all and then play a sports game and not to shove politics or divisive cultural issues down the throats of the viewers who are looking for a getaway so, see, okay here is pause, the pause it right there then.
0: pause yeah. it right there so not shove down not shove politics and things like that down uh people's throats etc and she made reference in the in the piece from mediaite uh, right here, you know, she made reference to Colin Kaepernick, little snab remark. She think I didn't hear that. I, I, I heard it. OK. Uh, it, it, Megan, I don't know if you ever been spanked by a black man before, but you about to get spanked by one right now. So l- let's look at this. I know we're coming up on a break. And I'm going to keep talking during the break on, on my network. But let's look at this. First of all. Megan, um, who wrote the white national anthem. See, you you can say we're all one country, all this stuff, but let's have a little history lesson here. Who wrote the white national anthem, Megan? The white national anthem was written by a white supremacist slave owner named Francis Scott Key. Okay, Francis Scott Key was a white supremacist slave owner. He wrote it September 13th, 1814, during the War of 1812, all right? The original name of it, before it was even called the Star-Spangled Banner, before music was put to it, it was called the Defense of Fort McHenry. Now, some people may talk about the third stanza of the white national anthem and, and say, uh, oh, well, it's just the third stanza where it says, no refuge for the hiring or the slave. No, it's not the third stanza, it's the entire song is a white nationalist song. Why is it a white nationalist song, Michael M. Because it was written by a white supremacist, for white people, about white people, voted on by white people. The the references to African people were negative. Not only that, Francis Scott Key thought that African-Americans were uh, uh, intellectually inferior. He was a white supremac slave owner and he used his position, he used his position as district attorney to uh washington dc in uh 18, uh 1833 1833 to 1840 he used his position to attack abolitionists so when we talk about she said I, I don't think people want to hear the black national anthem before the white national anthem well a lot of us don't want to hear the white national anthem in the first place especially at the nfl game in 70 percent of the league African-American. We're going to deal with this on the other side of the break. You listen to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, Superstation, and Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes.
1: Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30 plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network. Subscribe now.
2: Hi, I'm Joel Wilson, President and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting LLC, a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top-tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, Zoom, T-Mobile, Microsoft 365 and Surface tablets, Google Workspace, Acer, Asus, Samsung, Matic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, Printers, accessories, and software. Businesses, take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers, voiceover IP, and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at JCWcc.com or call 215-879-6701. laws and policies
0: that put us in this predicament It's going laws and policies that take it out. So when you control the radius of a man or
2: woman's thoughts, you control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't do a teach what it doesn't know. We have it all for 910 AM Superstation. 910, the Superstation. The choice only African-American talk radio. The views and opinions expressed on any program are those of the producers and or the persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 910 AM Superstation or Adele Media.
0: Welcome back to the African History Network show right here from, right here on 910 AM Superstation, the future radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael Hotup. It is Friday, September 10th, 2021, and we are live. Okay, 313-778-7600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment 313 778 7600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment okay so right before the break uh, I was talking about these comments from uh, Megan Kelly conservative journalist uh, Megan Kelly she used to be on uh, she used to be on uh, Fox News then she went over to NBC okay And uh, remember, they bumped. Remember NBC uh, when they when she went over to NBC. Tamron Hall quit the Today Show. Tamron Hall was so furious that she quit the Today Show, and uh, she only lasted at NBC maybe about nine months, something like that. wasn't long. Um, Well, she made she has a podcast now on Sirius XM, and she made uh, comments on her podcast. Uh, disparaging comments about the uh, Black National Anthem "Lift Every Voice and Sing" uh, being performed at the uh, NFL games at the beginning, you know, beginning of NFL games. Okay. So, as I was saying before the break, who wrote the Star-Spangled Banner, the White National Anthem? Okay, it was written by this man right here, Francis Scott Key. Now when you look at her comments, she she talks about um the average person not wanting to hear the uh black national anthem before the uh Star Spangled Banner. And she talks about having race uh interjected into um the the game, things like this, right? So uh, I want to look at some more comments, then we're going to continue with this history lesson here. I want you to see what she said. So she went on to say, uh, "Okay, so first of all, after the NFL publicly showed support for the Black Lives Matter movement in the wake of the murder of George Floyd. May 20, May twenty fifth, 2020, the NFL is continuing the social justice initiatives implemented last season. The NFL previously announced that players are being allowed to kneel to protest racism. Now, it's they're kneeling. It's silent. They're kneeling to protest racism. And they can wear the names of police brutality victims and social justice slogans on the back of their helmets. Um, They will also six uh, the six slogans that they can choose from. Are end racism, stop hate. It takes all of us. Black lives matter. Inspire change and stay and say their stories. Okay, so Megan was complaining about this about the the, the six slogans and saying that is you know it's uh, she said all all of these for the most part are race based. Okay, well they're protesting against racism. Racism is race-based. Racism is a system of advantage and privilege distributed based upon race, which comes out of an ideology of European white supremacy. They're they're taking a knee, which is is a silent nonviolent protest. Okay? They're going to have slogans like end racism, which we should all be for, but a lot of people don't know what racism is. Stop hate. It takes all of us, Black Lives Matter, inspire change and, and say their stories. Now, over the summer, the NFL and it will play the black national anthem, lift every voice and sing, before each game in the 2021 season as part of a $250 million investment towards social justice. And that was reported by the Grio.com because Yahoo picked up this story from the Grio. Now, Megan went on to say, I don't think that the average American, black or white, wants to hear the black national anthem before they hear the national anthem. Okay. Now, the question that we should really ask ourselves is why is the white national anthem being played before the game in the first place? That's the question. See, this is the question. I've done a lecture dealing with Colin Kaepernick and the history of the white national anthem, things like this. The question we really should ask is why is the white national anthem being played before the game in the first place? This is not Navy versus uh, army. This is why you, why are you playing it in the first place? And then being at the lead is 70% African-American at least And nobody's going to play to see these old uh, owners out there trying to tackle each other. Uh, What's the problem if the black national anthem comes before the white national anthem? Because the majority of the league is African-American. Now, she said, uh, I don't think that the average American, black or white, wants to hear the black national anthem before they hear the national anthem and there's no offense against people of color. We're one country. We don't need separate anthems. But see, I find it interesting because she didn't say we need a new national anthem that's inclusive of different races and ethnicities. Because we need a new national anthem. See, when we look at, Uh, Well, let's see. She went on to say it's a chance to come together. She added celebrate America and then play and then play sports games. And not have politics. Or divisive cultural issues. Down the throat and not shove politics or divisive cultural issues down the throats of the viewers who are looking for a getaway. So NFL players silently taking the knee before the game when they're playing the National Anthem, that's divisive. If we're all one, why wouldn't we be fighting to eradicate racism? That's divisive. They're silently taking the knee and taking the knee comes from the military as a sign of respect. Because uh, former NFL player and Green Beret, Nate Boyer, uh, had a meeting with uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick, and he was the one that suggested they start taking the knee to protest racism and police brutality, things like this. Now, Lift Every Voice and Sing was written by civil rights activist James Weldon Johnson, one of my frat brothers of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated and composed and music was composed by his brother, Rosamond Johnson. They say 1900 is actually 1899 that he, he wrote it. Per the, per the NAACP, the song became a rallying cry for African-Americans during the civil rights movement of the 1950s and 60s. And James Weldon Johnson was a, a member of the NAACP. And, and this song became known as the Black National Anthem in the early 1900s. Now, although it did not happen until the Super Bowl, the NFL considered implementing the song, the Black National Anthem, early as uh, week one on the uh, during the 2020 season, as early as week one during the 2020 season, okay? Then Jacksonville Jaguars player Chris Conley, now with the Houston Texans, shared his feelings about it when news first broke last June. Okay, June 2021. Chris Conley said the league uh, uh, taking the opportunity to play Lift Every Voice and Sing uh, is sweet. It's a great way to honor those who started this movement years ago. Now, uh, for those who aren't familiar with it, This song uh, seeks to remind us of our past as a country and to strive to be better. Chris Conley continued. It speaks to all of us, not just black people, even though it became a rallying cry for African-Americans in the Jim Crow era. It is a beautiful message birthed from pain. And when you when you study the uh, origins of the song, okay, uh, and james weldon johnson talked about this uh he said when he when he sat down to write it it was like the ancestors were speaking to him and like the pain and uh the the feelings the the uh emotions of the ancestors were basically coming out on paper so if we look at if we look at this piece here from a uh, mediate, they also go on to say i'm gonna find it here they also go on to say that uh, most of the time, the audience who the viewing audience is not even going to be able to uh, see the performance of the black national anthem. So you, you have to ask the question, well, what's the problem? What, what what's 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 the real problem here? i don't know how many people listen to her show i know she has uh, she has a big following means of people conservative uh, people follow and watch fox news and things like this uh, but when you read this it 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 says that the you know most of the time it's going to be played and oftentimes the 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 national anthem is played uh, before you know, they really start broadcasting it on TV. So a lot of people don't see it. NFL TV partners typically only air the national anthem ahead of special events such as the Super Bowl or the season's kickoff game. At-home viewers are, are unlikely to see either National Anthem performed during most regular season weeks of the NFL, meaning the league's decision bears almost no impact on the product being delivered to audiences. So you have to ask yourself, well, what's really behind all this? What is she upset about? And when she talks about divisive issues shoved in our face, the, the, the real what was really sad is that NFL players have to protest against racism and police brutality because I, I, I find it interesting how people who take offense to NFL players or NBA players protesting against police brutality and racism. Notice the people who do the criticizing don't talk about solving racism and police brutality. They just don't like people talking about it and reminding them about it. Usually they don't want to do anything to solve the problem. So if we look at. Um, Francis Scott Key. Very quickly here. And let me pull this up here from. Um, History dot I have my notes here because I've done an entire lecture on this. But. I think it. Let me see which one is this in. Okay. Well, let's do it like this. Let me go back and pull up this picture of Francis Scott Key. So he was a, he was a white supremacist slave owner from Maryland, and uh, he was an attorney also. He thought that African people were mentally inferior. And he used his position as U.S. District Attorney, as District Attorney to Washington, uh, D.C. from 1833 to 1840 to defend slavery. he He attacked the abolitionist movement in several high profile cases. He attacked the abolitionist movement in seven in several high-profile pro- cases, but there was one instance where he tried to have a white abolitionist named Reuben Crandall. He tried to have Reuben Crandall hung, executed, and Reuben Crandall. Uh, it was because Reuben Crandall was caught with, with abolitionist literature. And he tried to have Reuben Crandall executed. There's an article from SmithsonianMag.com called Where's the Debate on Francis Scott Key's Slaveholding Legacy? Where's the debate on Francis Scott Key's Slaveholding Legacy? Okay, we're gonna pull this up. Because when you research this guy, you have to ask the question. Well, because I asked the question, why are they playing the, the, the white national anthem before NFL or Major League Baseball, any of these games, to be honest with you? Because you, you don't want to interject politics where you think the song is, if you understand the history of it. The, he, he wrote the song September 13, 1814. He wrote, the, uh, he wrote the lyrics. It started out as a poem. September thirteenth, 1814, during the War of 1812 which is against Great Britain. If we look at this article here quickly from Smithsonian MAG, called Where's the Debate? Let me pull this up here. Where's the debate on Francis Scott Key's slaveholding legacy? During his lifetime, abolitionists ridiculed Francis Scott Key's words Sneering that America was more like the land of the free and home of the oppressed. Now, he lived during the early 1800s, and they were saying this. If we uh, go, is a certain part I want to go to here. Uh, They talk about Reuben Crandall. Uh, Just a second, let me find this part here. Here's another picture of Francis Scott Key uh a, sl- a francis guy key a slave holding lawyer from an old maryland plantation family wrote the song that would be in 1931 uh become the national anthem and proclaim our nation quote the land of the free end quote now when he wrote the land of the free you had enslaved africans here and he owned them up so you have to ask the question free for who Uh, I want to get to the part here where they talk about Reuben Crandall. Okay. Now Francis Guy Key used his uh, office as district attorney for the city of Washington from 1833 to 1840 to defend slavery, attacking the abolitionist movement in several high profile cases. In the mid 1830s, the abolitionist movement was gaining momentum and with it, came increased violence, particularly from pro, particularly from pro-slavery, let's go back to this here, particularly from uh, pro-slavery mobs attacking free African-Americans and white abolitionists and other methods to silence the growing cries for abolition. Now, in the House of Representatives and U.S. Uh, United States Senate, in, in the House of Representative, Representatives and United States Senate inundated with petitions from abolitionists calling for the ending or restriction of slavery, pro-slavery congressmen looked for a way to suppress the voices of abolitionists. In 1836, in the House, uh, in the House of Representatives, they passed a series of gag rules to table all anti-slavery petitions and prevent them from being read or discussed, raising the ire of people like John Quincy Adams. Now John Quincy Adams was the sixth president of the United States and John Quincy Adams went on to defend the African slaves of uh, the, the, those Africans on the uh, Amistad slave ship. So, uh, um, uh that you saw portrayed in the movie from uh, around 1997 Amistad okay Joseph sinq John Quincy Adams was their defense attorney in 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 court um so raising the ire of people like John Quincy Adams who saw restricting debate and assault on a basic first amendment right of citizens to protest and petition In the same year, shortly after a race run in D.C., when an angry white mob set upon a well-known free black restaurant owner, Francis Scott Key likewise sought to crack down on the free speech of abolitionists he believes were, were riling things up in the city. Francis Scott Key prosecuted a New York doctor living in Georgetown for possessing abolitionist pamphlets this is reuben crandall he prosecuted a new york doctor who was an abolitionist for having abolitionist pamphlets in the resulting case u.s versus reuben crandall c-r-a-n-d-a-l-c-r-a-n-d-a-l-l in the resulting case u.s versus reuben crandall Francis Guy Key made national headlines by asking whether the property rights of slaveholders outweighed the free speech rights of those arguing for slavery's abolishment. Francis Guy Key hoped to silence abolitionists who he charged wished to, quote, associate and amalgamate with the Negro, end quote. This is the guy that wrote the white national anthem. This is this is why I'm asking. Why are you playing this at the beginning of games in the first place? I don't even understand this unless you want to reinforce white supremacy, which makes perfect sense. Francis got key who wrote. The the poem That was originally called Defense of Fort McHenry, because it was Fort McHenry in Baltimore that was being attacked by the British. He hoped to silence abolitionists who were fighting to free enslaved Africans. Because you said it's the land of the free and the home of the brave, free for who? He he charged that abolitionists wished to quote associate amalgamate with the Negro end quote. Megan Kelly says this one country. Yeah, but <laughs> but but who's who who who's in control of the country? Who's dominating? See, Megan Kelly, Megan Kelly acts like white supremacy don't exist. Though Reuben Crandall's offense was nothing more than possessing abolitionist literature, Frank Guy Key felt that abolitionist free speech rights were so dangerous, were so dangerous that he sought unsuccessfully to have Reuben Crandall hanged. He tried to have this white abolitionist who was working to free enslaved Africans. He tried to have him hung, executed. And you, you wonder why I don't sing the white national anthem. Now, what I find interesting is that when you have people who get upset with NFL players who take a knee during the white national anthem. And they say they should stand things like that. I bet you they don't even stand when they're watching the game at home. And if it comes on and they play it, I bet you they don't stand up in their living room, get up off their sofa, or out their lazy boy, and stand up. When they're at sports bars, usually they don't get up and stand up when it's being played. So you just want you just want the employees to stand up for it. That's what it sounds like. You just want the employees to stand up for it. Read this article here from, I've got a ton of them. This is just a short version. I've done an entire lecture on Francis Scott Key and the White National Anthem. Where's the debate on Francis Scott Key's slaveholding legacy? This is from Smithsonian Mag, Smithsonian Institute, smithsonianmag.com, July 1st, 2016. Okay. So now Megan said that they, you know, we don't want divisive things. Uh, how does she put it? We don't want divisive issues in the game, things like this. Right. Don't want politics in the game, et cetera. But you don't say that when they have like uh, veterans, Day, appreciate the veterans or when they have uh, military displays, you, you don't say that then when they have military displays uh, at the game. Did you know that the Department of Defense paid uh, sports teams millions of dollars to uh, have patriotic displays? Did y'all know about this? I talked about it before. There was an article from uh, the Washington Post that deals with this and they played sports teams, um, uh, sports teams got a total of millions of dollars over the course of time to do this. And let me find it. I'm going to pull this up here from the Washington post. Okay. Because I, I find it interesting that people that take offense to things like this, they don't talk about patriotic displays. They never mentioned that. Okay, okay, this one right here. Um, At least 50 teams were paid by the Department of Defense for patriotic displays. This is from the Washington Post. How many people knew about this? Now, this article came out November 4th, 2015. And I thought about this when it came out. Uh, you know, this is in my lectures that I do on this. They paid NFL teams, soccer teams, NASCAR, of course, NASCAR. Uh, at least 50 teams. Were paid by the Department of Defense for patriotic displays. So. When you have people who come out and want to attack the NFL want to attack NFL players. I find it interesting. They never talk about this right here. This is from the Washington Post. Report. At least 50 teams were paid by Department of Defense for patriotic displays. November 4th, 2015, by Cindy Bourne. Now, this was exposed in a... uh, in a report of 145 page report that was released by Senators John McCain when he was alive, Senator John McCain and Senator Jeff Flake, both of Arizona at the time. And this report is a, it's a government oversight report that offers new details about how the Department of Defense paid professional sports teams and leagues for patriotic displays honoring American soldiers. Well, everybody don't agree with the wars that America is involved in. Is that, is that divisive, Megyn Kelly? Why, why don't you mention stuff like this? The report expands one that became public last May and resulted in changes to the National Defense Authorization Act, NDAA, for 2016, prohibiting the expenditures and calling on leagues and teams to donate the money to organizations, that support the military veterans and their families. Okay, now uh, Senator uh, Jeff Flake uh, wrote, "What we take issue with um, is the average fan thinking teams are doing this on behalf of the military." Now, see, Mayan wants to talk about the average fan. This is Senator Jeff Flake at the time, and Senator John McCain, both white men. Senator Jeff Flake said, what we take issue with is the average fan thinking teams are doing this on behalf of the military. No, they were paid for it. NASCAR was the biggest recipient getting $1,560,000 for fiscal year 2015, Megan Kelly. Included were personal appearances by Eric Almirola and Richard Petty, as well as 20 Richard Petty driving experience ride-alongs. Okay. The expenditures, according to the Department of Defense, were quote integral to its recruiting efforts. Its recruiting efforts. Okay. So this is talking about recruiting for the military. Isn't that political? Recruiting for the military. A NASCAR official who requested anonymity told the Washington Post in an email quote, NASCAR has had has a long standing history of honoring America's military. Isn't that political? Because everybody doesn't agree with the, the wars that, uh, uh, America is involved in it. Now we don't take it out personally on, you know, those in the army and the Navy and the service thing, you know, the in air force, things like that. A lot of times they don't know like the full spectrum of what's going on, where they're being deployed oftentimes, you know, a lot of times they're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. Okay. Each year, we we recognize active duty service members and veterans at races around the country. Is that political? NASCAR has not been paid by the military and would never accept military funds to recognize those who have served. But NASCAR was paid $1.5 million. The report from the Senate, the, 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 the government oversight report showed this. They got money from the Department of Defense. Now, the 145 page report cites contributions to 18 NFL teams, 10 Major League Baseball teams, eight NBA teams, six National Hockey League teams, eight soccer teams, as well as NASCAR, Iron Dog, and Indiana Indiana University, uh, Purdue University. The Atlanta Falcons, for instance, were the top recipients, getting $879,000 over four years, over the same period of time, for instance, the New England Patriots received $700,000 and the Buffalo Bills $650,000. The report includes a memo from NFL, from the NFL to its teams, giving guidance on "quote unquote" paid patriotism. Because the the name of the study, the name of the study was called "Tackling Paid Patriotism: A Joint Oversight Report." And this study was this report was focused on cracking down on paid patriotism. A commissioner, Roger Goodell, with a letter to the committee dated November 2nd, uh, writing that the league will conduct an audit of all its contracts with military branches and national guard units. Hmm. Politics, paid patriotism, all this stuff. Uh, so I find it interesting that they want to attack The NFL, they want to attack NFL players who are mostly African-American, who are standing up to fight against racism and police brutality. They're not against white people because a lot of them marry white women. They're not against white people. They're trying to fight against white supremacy and racism. So when you have people like Megyn Kelly who want to attack that, and attack the NFL trying to address it also. Because, see, let's keep it real. Nobody, nobody complains when the NFL uh, has campaigns to raise money for breast cancer. And and you, and, and you got the players wearing pink and things like that. Nobody complains about that. They don't say that's divisive. Okay. It's only when it's issues pertaining to African-Americans now nah, it's a problem. Now, those watching on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network, and our YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotel, we got a problem because we're out of time here on 910 a.m. Superstation, but I have my own network, so we're going to keep broadcasting there, keep watching. We'll be back Sunday night. Visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Register for my 10 week online course, From the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. Starts up Saturday, September 11th uh 12 noon to 2 p.m eastern standard time right now it's correct wrong behavior it's not over till we win We're kind of forever we'll talk to you sunday peace all right stand by okay how's everybody doing okay let's let's keep going i'm on because uh this is my network right here the african history network uh so we're gonna go for a few more minutes because I, I did a roland martin show for two hours a day i had to teach two classes saturday and i'm, I'm already tired Okay, who still needs to register for the new 10-week online course we have starting up on Saturday, September 11th, 2021, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. Uh, This is 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Each class we go through and analyze an approximately 10-year period of history, to see what happened to us after the civil war ends, after the 13th amendment, we go through the, uh, the, uh, Reconstruction era, 1865 to 1877. You know, we we look at things like uh, 40 acres and a mule, special field order number 15. We look at the assassination of Lincoln. We look at General Robert E. Lee surrendering to Ulysses S. Grant, April 9th, 1865. We look at the 13th Amendment. We go through and and look and see what happened to us after slavery ends. Uh, The presidential election of 1876, compromise of 1877, which ends Reconstruction. We go through the Jim Crow era. World War One, World War II, Civil Rights Movement, the Black Power Movement, okay? Uh, so the class is regularly $130. It's on sale for a limited time, only for $70. and It's on sale uh, for $70 until September 11th. Uh, we're going to post a link here. You can register for it now. There's bonus content uh, that you can start watching as soon as you register, and you get six uh, bonus lectures from me, one including my lecture dealing with, uh, two-and-a-half-hour lecture I did dealing with the a real history of Juneteenth. Okay. The real history of Juneteenth. So now we do the class live. Um, I do a PowerPoint presentation. We have book references, articles, video clips, all the sessions are recorded. They're archived. You can watch them anytime. Even next year, you can go back and watch the full, uh, 10 classes over and over, whatever you want to do. Um, we have a, you can ask questions in the class. We have a live text chat. Now, you can see me. I can't see you. We have a live text chat. We can ask questions also. You can email me questions as well. All right. So, we have this class starting up. And then, uh, the other class that I teach is, uh, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and my Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, where they didn't teach you in school. Uh, this starts up, uh, Sunday, September 12th, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this class, we do with thousands of years of history and what le- leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. This class is the same price. And from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement, uh, this class picks up where understanding the transatlantic slave trade leaves off. Okay, because there's so much information, I couldn't get all of it into the 10-week course. So I created this second 10-week course so we could go through and really analyze this and better understand what happened to us after slavery ended and the laws and policies put in place to put us in the predicament we're in now. So we better understand where we need to go from here. Okay. So uh, check out these articles here dealing with uh, Megan Kelly's idiotic comments. And she really shows she has no understanding of history when she makes comments like this also. Uh, this one here from uh, mediaite, uh, Megan Kelly rips NFL for shoving race-based uh, messaging on fans. Average Americans don't want the Black national anthem. She was saying that it, what she was saying was they don't want it uh, sung before the white national anthem. I would have asked why is the white national anthem being played at sporting events in the first place. All right. Very quickly here. Uh, so Shikari Richardson, there was a, a piece I saw from People.com, People magazine. And um, we'll talk about this in just a second. Then with Shakari Richardson and talking about what she's learned this year. OK, um, qualifying for the Olympics and being disqualified because of uh, violating the uh, U.S. anti-doping policy, different things like that. Okay. Uh, Also, if you like this type of information, you can support the African History Network. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Also through PayPal. PayPal.me forward slash the AHN show. PayPal.me forward slash the AHN show. And at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, click on the yellow donate button. Okay. This is our official Cash App account. Dollar sign the AHN show uh, through Cash App. You go to it, it shows my uh, it says Michael shows my picture there. And our Cash App account, our tag is dollar sign the AHN show S H O W dollar sign the AHN show S H O W. Okay, um, um, okay, all right, these other ones are fake African History Network accounts, all right, now. Uh, let's look at this story here about Shakari Richardson. Uh, so I saw a couple of outlets pick this up, and uh, they have it here um, from People dot com. Then with Shakari Richardson, uh, Shakari Richardson says, "Let's see. Let's go to it." Okay. Sha'Car Richardson says she's learned a lot this year. Uh, She's learned so much this year after team USA suspension. All right. And she's 21. I think she'll bounce back. This is a learning experience for her. Uh, Okay. This is a, a learning experience for her. Um the 21 year old track star reflected on her ability to stay strong through a tough year. Now, Shaqai Richardson has had a year filled with a lot of personal growth. Uh, the 21 year old track star did some reflecting on social media, uh, on Sunday, letting her, uh, followers know, she's proud of how far she's come. Okay. Letting her followers know she's proud of how far she come she's come. We remember uh her you know, her mother died. She found out her biological mother died. And this was right before the um uh, uh the try. the, the right, right before she did uh the, the trials for the Olympics and then she got disqualified. I think that was right before the trials uh for the Olympics. Uh, Richardson began her sentiments with a lengthy Instagram story post by sharing a quote, quote, there is a past version of you that is so proud of how far you've come. There is a past version of you uh, that is so proud of how far you've come. She then shared a photo of herself and wrote, Quote, learn so much this year, lose so much this year, but not one time did I break, baby. Learned so much this year, lose so much this year, but not one time did I break, baby. 21 and coming hard till I'm done. OK, so this now this is uh, uh, one of the post she did and OK, yep. She said, learn so much this year, lose so much this year. But uh, not one time did I break baby. All right. Now. uh, So the sprinter continued by sharing a series of photos of herself uh, with those close to her. And she talked about how she's grounded by her family and her support network. Uh, She wrote tributes to each loved one and further recounted her many milestones. Uh, This is another picture of her as well. Now, I think she looked better with her hair black than all these other colors. Okay. Uh, It's just me. All right. But I think she looked better with her hair black. Uh, She said, I thank you all for teaching me. I thank you all for teaching me the strength. I never knew I had. I thank you all for teaching me the strength I never knew I had. I thank you for teaching me my value before I even knew it existed. I thank y'all for teaching me to live my truth, yet understand my future. I thank you for teaching me not to want for anything and to work for everything, she, uh, she said alongside each photo. She said, To my babies, I will never stop so y'all can keep going, okay? to my babies i will never stop so y'all can keep going 2022 i don't feel sorry for any of you all right Um, uh, okay and then th- now this is another one here okay another uh post that she did now, she, uh, Shikari has continued to keep a positive attitude over the past few months while uh, in the spotlight, okay? Last month, she made her first appearance on the track at the 2021 Prefontaine Classic after being suspended from Team USA over positive marijuana tests earlier this summer. All right. Uh, let me pull up a picture here. A second here. Okay. Now, a lot of people remember she came in ninth place. Now, there was a race that she just ran where she came in. There's one where she came in fourth because we know the season is winding down. Um, uh, So, I think next year i think it's probably she's probably suffering from a lot of pressure and really trying to prove herself um and you know just for people who don't follow track and field she just comes out of nowhere um and she's in the headlines she's trending on social media things like this the day show did the interview with her that went viral so it's a lot of pressure on her. Uh okay let me go back to this article here. Okay so she came in ninth at the uh Fontaine Classic. She came in last. Uh she held her hot, her head high afterward. She said coming out today it was a great return back to the sport. I wanted to be able to come and perform having a month off, dealing with all that I was dealing with in quote she told reporters. She said, I'm I'm," she said, I'm not upset at myself at all. I'm not upset at myself at all. This one race. I'm not done. Okay, this is one race. I'm not done. End quote. Now, she was also defeated by Christine uh, Mboma of Namibia at the 200 meter race at the Wanda uh, Diamond League uh, uh, last Friday. Okay, and we posted an article about that here on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network. Now, Shikari Richardson first captivated the hearts of many Americans in June of 2021, winning the women's 100-meter race at the uh, U.S. Olympics track and field trials. However, she lost her spot on Team USA after she tested positive for THC, a chemical in marijuana following the trials. When news of her positive test broke, Richardson opened up about using marijuana to cope with the loss of her biological mother who died the week before the track trials, but expressed that as she was not looking for quote unquote, any sympathy and understood what she had done during an interview uh, with the today show. Okay. On NBC, she said, quote, I was trying to hide my pain End quote. I know what I did. I know what I'm supposed to do. And what I'm allowed not to do. And I still made the uh, decision, but I'm not making an excuse or looking for any empathy in my face. OK, but I'm not making an excuse or looking for any empathy uh, in my face. End quote. OK, so yeah, check Check this out from uh, People magazine. There's some other articles, There's some other outlets picked up uh, or comments and, and things like that as well. So uh, hopefully, you know, next season will be much better for her. She's 21. She has a long career, I think, ahead of, ahead of her. Uh, Shikari Richardson says she's learned so much this year after Team USA suspension. This is from uh, September 7th, 2021, from uh, People.com, uh, People Magazine. All right, look, uh, be sure to register for the uh, new 10-week online course that I teach on Saturdays. 12 noon to 2 p.m eastern standard time class number one starts up uh september 11th uh from the civil war to the civil rights movement and black power 1865 to 1968. each class we go through and analyze approximately 10 year period of history and uh to see what happened to us after the civil war ended uh when you click on register here it takes you to the next page just click on uh enroll uh, the class is, on, is regularly $130 is on sale right now, $70 is on sale, $70 until September eleventh. Um, click on enroll. As soon as you enroll, there's bonus content you start watching. There's bonus lectures for me. You can start watching with senior class um, on Saturday, all right? We have to get out of here. Remember, the African History Network, oh, also, um, well, I will be speaking. So on the 18th, September, Saturday, September 18th, I'm at the um this event right here, the second annual De- Detroit Cultural, um, the second annual uh Detroit African Cultural uh Festival, the second annual Detroit African Cultural Festival. Uh this is going to take place at uh Maharis Gentry Park. Maharis Gentry Park, 12550 Avondale Street in Detroit. Okay. One, two, five, five, zero Avondale Street in Detroit. Uh, It's going to be Saturday. It's going to be Friday, first day, Friday, September 17th, 2021, 12 noon to 6 p.m. Okay, Saturday, 12 noon to 8 p.m. Both days are free. And uh, there's going to be African drums. There's going to be African dance. It's a good family oriented oriented event. Master classes, Kids Corner, Wellness Corner vendors the african history network will have a vendor booth there also there'll be food trucks live musical performances um i'll be speaking also i'm not sure what time yet on saturday i'll be speaking uh, as well okay so you can visit detroit acf uh at detroit acf on facebook uh detroit african on facebook also uh, detroit african cultural festival they have a uh, the uh event uh Facebook event invite as well on, um, on Facebook. All right. And then uh, we'll, we'll post this information on our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Um, and then on September 26, I'll be speaking at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History for the, there's going to be a screening of the documentary Hot Okay. Hot City Tour. Detroit, Michigan, September 26, 3 p.m. Get your tickets uh, at hopifilm.com, hopifilm.com. So, this is a documentary with uh, Professor James Small and people like Dr. Julian uh you have, like, uh, uh, have uh, T- uh, Taqi Grant, the director, and uh, Dr. Wade Nobles. Uh, It deals with economic empowerment. It ties economic empowerment for African-Americans with uh, African history. And HAPI is uh, one of the original names for the Nile River. Okay, so this is going to be Sunday, September 26, 3 p.m. Visit HAPIFILM.com to uh, purchase tickets and I'll be moderating the panel discussion. Okay, there's going to be a screening of the film and the panel discussion questions and answers. I'll be moderating the panel discussion all right okay look uh okay did you catch the news about some comedians overdosing yeah yeah i caught that also it was uh the drugs were uh it was fentanyl in their in their drugs all right look we have to get out of here remember at the african history network we focus on educating empowering and inspiring people of african descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's correct wrong behavior uh, it's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. And we'll see you in class Saturday. And we'll talk. We'll be back uh, on the air Sunday for the African History Network show uh, on Sunday. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Peace.
1: Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that'll satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted. Empower yourself. Start your free trial today. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our story, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30 plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on purpose television network, Subscribe now.
2: Hi, I'm Joel Wilson, President and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting LLC, a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, Zoom, T Mobile, Microsoft 365, and Surface tablets, Google Workspace, Acer, Asus. Samsung, PCmatic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses, take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed Internet service providers, voiceover IP, and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701.
3: We all know the cannabis industry is headed toward an uprise in the past decade. What happens when there is a brand that brings this uprise in a blow? The cannabis industry welcomes her uprise. Hustle her hemp. Delivering excellence with pride is her watchword, and how you choose to embrace it makes it a priority from cultivating rich cannabis into exquisite and tastefully finished cbd products to delivery hustler hemp leaves no stone unturned Hustler her hemp's mission is to empower women of color by building business and creating legacies uniting beauty health and business we are a pure definition of how we want the cbd industry to become in the future while we are redefining innovation, we bring the same energy to improving the quality of life. Hustle Her hemp is the new Uprise.